Welcome back to another exciting, enthralling, thrilling episode of Blue Collar Love. My name is Samuel. And my name is Aaron. And today we have a special guest with us, Nathan Schumacher. Welcome, Nathan. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. All right, Nathan. So two questions to get us started off here. One, are you any relation to Joel Schumacher of, uh, you know, the classic Batman Robin? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, he spells okay. differently. <laughs> oh, bummer. I was just hoping, you know. Yeah, all right. yeah. Not that cool. Question number two. Um, what do you do? What is your relation to the Starflyer community? Uh, um... I, uh, my old band, Lavinia, I, I was on Tooth and Nail for years, and I got to know Jason that way, um, and, uh, um, and then my previous band, uh, Lavinia, he, uh, Jason, we'd asked him to master the first couple of records we did, because I just kind of wanted to work with him, and he was doing that stuff at the time. He doesn't do any more mastering anymore, but he did, he did our first couple records, and, that was cool, so I got to work with them that way, which was fun because I've always wanted to work with them somehow. Um, so that that worked out pretty cool. So it was fun. What band were you in on Tooth and Nail? Uh, Everdown. Um, and I think we had a mutual. He and I always had a mutual love of Black Sabbath, even though his I was in a hardcore band and he was in a shoegaze band. But um, we both, if you listen back to both of them, we both ripped off Black Sabbath quite a lot. Um, and the heavier stuff, so, um, so that, was, that that's that's always been cool. And um, and my current band, The Burning Paris, is, did a a cover of Softness Goodness for the Starflyer tribute record that's coming out in the fall or whatever that's coming out. I'm not even sure. So, um, so yeah, that's winter, December, winter. Okay, yeah, I can't give it straight anymore. Um, we already dumped our track out on Brooklyn Vegan, so, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, well, we paid the money to record it, so we can do what we want with it. <laughs> so. That's super exciting, man. Yeah. Well, tonight we um, are going to review such great lines as, please, 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 let me, let me, let me get what I want this time and i'm a messenger like kissinger <laughs> it's so uh, automatic yeah <laughs> do i need a lyric to no you don't all right just be your beautiful self okay that's all I'm you. all right thanks. so we're going to be reviewing ghosts of the past uh the first 10 tracks um now full disclosure in case this conversation gets weird tonight we technically recorded this like a month, two months ago, and I lost the recording. <laughs> so you guys get to hear a remake in action. <laughs> it's not technically, it's literally. That's the word you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a literal remake in action um, that no one got to see. So we're, this is going to be interesting. I also am excited that we get to kind of redo this, though, because before 
we had reviewed Ghost of the Past before Dial M. And now that I have Dial M for context, I feel like this album will be more interesting to me. Mm. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so Dial M, for those that aren't familiar, is a kind of B-Sides collection, sort of CD version of the singles that were put out by um, Scott Hatch and Burnt Toast Vinyl. If you want to hear more about that awesome collection, listen to our Scott Hatch interview. He has all kinds of awesome stories. So Dial much fun. Ghost of, Ghost of the Future and then Ghost of the Past is the CD, right? Yeah, Ghost of the Past is the CD version. We're going to be reviewing the CD version, but it's all the same songs that was released on Ghosts of the Past. We're going to um, do both. <laughs> and um, I guess we'll just kind of kick off. This is a interesting. This is our first like B-Sides collection, aside from, I guess, Easy Come, Easy Go. But this is yeah. our first like true B-Sides collection here. Um, so the artwork is something we always usually start on. I think the artwork on this one is interesting. Um, I assume it's like an invisible creatures, um, piece, not horribly amazing, but still a cool piece of artwork as it were. Kind of gives it that foggy, mysterious quality ghosts of the past, if you will. So Aaron, what do you got? Well, for me, um, so I've never purchased a CD copy because um, I got the original um, when it was announced on Burnt Toast's vinyl back in when, whenever this was released. I can't remember. Um, I bought the vinyl. And so I've only seen like the um, online copies of the CD version. So and I agree with you, um, Sam. Ghostly, some invisible creatures. I believe that Ryan Clark, invisible creature, um, created the, that artwork. Um, as far as the the vinyl seven inch box set, very cool. Um, like we mentioned on the Scott Hatch interview, it's the coolest package wise um, vinyl release, in my opinion, that I own. Um, I love how each. The, the covers form a bigger picture. I love the different, um, there's the colored vinyl issue, um, um, edition, which I have, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I really like the the vinyl artwork. It's very minimal, kind of cubist kind of thing. And I'm like a very cubist. It's like cubism is like one of my favorite forms of artwork. So yeah, I love the artwork. What do you think, Nathan? Well, <clears throat> I mean, I love the box art too. But if we're going to talk about the, the CD version that we're getting into here, um, the uh, I love it. I love the, this design. I mean, it's a uh, like like Sam said, it's ghostly, but and it, and it was done by Ryan Clark too, by the way. Um, and uh, I have the CD, and really the, the only art really to it is the cover. The back is just straight text on white background, um, so it's clean. It's simple. Um, the images. I mean, the diorama, it's a diorama photograph, you know, so it's not, I don't know, it's not the most exciting thing on earth, but it, I think it works. I, mean, I love clean design, and I think this works for that, you know? And it's, you know, I mean, it was a seven-inch collection, but it's also really just kind of a demos collection with B-sides, you know, because all the stuff, the main track, all the A-sides ended up as being re-recorded on Dial-M, so... 
you know. So anyway, I dig it. I like the art. Cool enough. Not all of one didn't make it. We'll get to it later, though. But. <laughs> all right. right. We will. Mm. Mm. Well, let's go ahead and hop into this. Um, I don't have official credits for who all recorded these songs, but at this point, I assume um, we we had, you know, just, um, of course, Jason on guitar, and then why did my brain just leave me? The bass player and drummer that's basically been with him every sen- ever since. My brain uh, is leaving me, and I'm forgetting things because... Trey Manny. Didn't Trey play on this? Yeah, yeah. Trey Manny and um Stephen Dale. Stephen Dale, thank you. My brain I'm I'm we've talked to Steven. I'm sorry, buddy. I, I didn't mean to forget you. My brain just went completely blank for a minute. So as far this as I know, the they were the only ones recording on this. This will be the first Bless Your Heart Sam, and I'm sure it won't be the last. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So guys, kick us off. What are your thoughts on this demo version of Automatic? Nathan, you go first. You're the guest. Okay. Um, you know, it's like I don't, I don't know. Aaron, you have the box, the seven inch box. Set. I don't know. Is this the first seven inch? Do they do it in order based on this? Because then they all come individually. Yeah, this was the first one. Okay. All right. I'm just curious if they did it in order of that or not. I wasn't sure. Um, but I, I like this. I like this tune in general. I think it's a good tune. Um, the um, I love that lyric, the Kissinger lyric. I just think it's it's just kind of funny because it's like out of his element to write like that kind of a line. You know, so I dig that. I love the bass line. I think it's cool. Um, it's interesting that it's so bass driven, but it's reading stuff about. I listened to that Stephen Dell one. It sounded like that's what Jason wanted to do: is is have all this more bass driven and less guitar rock oriented, you know. So I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a good kickoff to the to the record. Brock, on I wrote on this. Um, you know, we kind of talk about how awesome the bass line was, and I really like them. I don't think the string version makes it the strings make it as strongly on the dial M version. So I really appreciate kind of the analog sounding string strings on this version. Um, but I also find it interesting. <laughs> so I wrote, if you like made a robot, listen to um, Starflyer 59 for, you know, a thousand hours or whatever, um, this might be a song that, it, that it uses, that it creates. <laughs> this just sounds like everything about Starflyer starting i would say roughly with old up to this point this just sounds like all that all the past three or four records condensed into one song um and just sounds so much like starflyer 59 um the lyrics befuddled me um i think even when i was on dial m i still it worked a bit better lyric wise in the context of the greater album but it's a great kickoff here i think this would be um I think this would be a really cool experience getting in the mail as a single and then flipping over to the next song we'll talk about after Aaron gets done talking about it. It it, it was a treat um, getting these in the mail. Um, you would get one 
every month or sometimes it's like a, a little delay maybe and then one shipment came with the box that you could put them in so it was really cool um just getting um you know this album piece by piece basically and then there was also an online journal too um during the recorded so that was really cool um i love the i love the i'm a messenger like kissinger but it's not a good message because here in Kissinger is a war criminal and should have been in jail with everything he did in Vietnam and other things. I'm not going to get into it. It's not a political podcast, but I don't know why Jason is invoking the name of Kissinger because he's an awful person. Anyway, this is my, of the 20 songs that are on this box set, this is my eighth favorite song. Three stars overall. Fun intro. Um, the strings make this sparkle. I'm with you, Sam. I agree. I, I prefer this um, version better than the dial in um version um it hints at the soundscapes that um jason was going for for the whole project dial M, and you know this is all this is like you like like nathan said um this is basically a box set of the demos with b-sides of the album that was going to come out and so i think the overall vibe is re represented well in this song um yeah the outro is really good too lots of guitar licks the tambourine there's a lot of interesting things um yeah I mean, I dig it. It's a good song. <laughs> Though it is interesting, and we'll get into this as that. I can see why some people don't like this air of Starfire as well. Because um, it, it doesn't sound quite as dynamic as some of the earlier works. So I can I think, see where some people are coming I think, from. I think it is dynamic. And like, like what Nathan said about the bass by Steven, and this is pretty, I mean, this is a pretty dynamic bass in the song. Yeah, the bass is amazing. What I, what I really dig about this era is, like, that he was, I mean, one, he was trying to do something totally different than what he'd been doing, and, like, less guitar-driven, and and I think it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, they, they probably had some of the stuff with more stuff on it, and then slowly strip stuff away and go, hey, you know what, let's keep it more minimal, like, you know, and design speak, more white space, and I think they did that pretty effectively at least mostly with this tune i think of all of them on here you know just what a lot less is more kind of a thing yeah i like um there's a quote i love you know it says a, a piece of art isn't finished when you can't add anything else to it but when nothing else can be taken away right uh, yeah i mean that's true it's like you know and, that's good yeah <laughs> yeah you nailed it sam <laughs> mm. All right, let's go ahead and jump into track two, Compulsion. Um, for those that don't know, this is a cover by a guy of of a guy named Joe Crow. Um, though Jason probably was more inspired by the version of the song that was Martin Gore of Aaron. Say the name for me, Depache Mode, Depache, <laughs> Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode. Thank yep. you. You can tell you I are. never listened to them. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I listened to them. I didn't know this was a Depeche Mode song. I thought it was a Joe Crow well, song. So well, that's news Martin, <laughs> it's a Martin Gore solo. So uh, it's a... Okay. But I'm assuming since, you know, Jason's obviously a fan of Depeche Mode. Yeah. I can't imagine... I imagine it was the, the Martin Gore version that yeah. he was covering. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Either way, um, this version is even slower than both Joe Crow and Martin Gore. It's like slow and really kind of brings back some of that slow gazer 59 of like gold and 
silver air. And I kind of love it. Um, and honestly, I love covers on a B-side collection, especially when it's like super deep cuts that no one's ever heard of. This is the place to do it. I'm, I'm all for that. And I think, you know, the lyrics, honestly, it's cool that this compulsion is a B-side to automatic because some of the lyrics reflect automatic in a nice way. So, yeah, I'm digging this song. I am like, I almost wish this whole entire album would have just been like covers because I'm enjoying this one so much. Nathan, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with you on this one, Sam. I think of all of the B-sides here, like, I'm not talking the A-sides, the B-sides. I think this is my, well, actually, it's my second favorite. No, actually, I'd go with, it's my favorite B-side of the whole thing. Um, I mean, I love the Morrissey cover, but, I mean, it's a Morrissey cover. Everybody's done that tune before, so it's, you know, but I think it's my favorite one, and, you know, and I love that, I agree with you that I, I love that, cover songs it's like it's stuff that probably the average starflyer fan wouldn't maybe know you know or recognize it right away unless they looked it up i think that's kind of fun and um but i think i think his version is good because it's it's different than the original which i think makes it stand out more so that's what i got all right well um i guess that goes to me um so we're getting better as we go along already. Um, this is my seventh favorite song on the box set. Um, I love the chill vibe of the song. I agree with uh, what you were saying, Sam, about the the silver air um, feel of the song. Um, those keyboards pack a punch, though, in, in the song. Um, they're mixed very well with the other instruments. It's not overpowering, but definitely it's, you know, the backbone of the, of the song. Um, and I mean, they're almost kind of buried in the mix, but uh, the guitar parts are almost buried in the mix. But um, I don't know. You know, it, it's it's not too buried. It, it, it flows with the song and like the overall vibe of it. Um, and I'm assuming Jason is playing the um, guitar on this song. Um, three and a half stars. Yeah, it's a good, solid song. I don't have too much to go crazy on. It's, it's the solid Starfire song. All right, Aaron, give, tell us about Concentrate. I get to concentrate. I've got to concentrate. We're still getting better. This is eight. So it's eight, seven, and this is my sixth favorite song. That's weird. On this, this is also three and a half stars. Um, I love the industrial feel to, to the song. The guitar lines and the verses are just nasty. So good. Um, the solo in the middle of the song is amazing. And then when the shakers and the percussion come in in the song, I mean, it just soars to other levels. And just the just the the, the snap, the pop of that percussion. That <clears throat> when I got to concentrate, <clears throat> oh, it's just so good. It's percussion heaven. What do you think, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with you on that. Like, I pretty much agree with everything you just said. And to me, this is like other than maybe the other than maybe minor keys on the automatic, I think this is like the best driving tune on this record. Like you just want to crank this like in like summertime, like you know what I mean? Cruising the strip, you know, kind of thing. You know, it's like it's just it pounds. It's good. I like I love everything about it. And I don't I'm, know. I'm 
That's a good point, Nate. I'm gonna add this to my going to the beach playlist for this year. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, when you when you are not with your wife and you're pretending you're able to pick up honeys. <laughs> Um, no, I, I just think it's a great tune. It's like it's it's a it's a great tune, and I, I would have loved to have had it just come on a seven inch before I heard it in the context of everything else. I think it would have stood out a little bit more to me if I had heard it on its own without being in the concept of an album. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like this album, this song hits a bit harder outside of the context of Dial In. Right, that's what I'm getting at. It's like it just, I I think it's such a strong tune on its own that like I think in the whole flow of things on Dial M, I think it gets a little lost because it doesn't quite fit with everything else perfectly. So yeah, yeah, like it should be like its own standalone, like seven inch, like goodbyes are sad. Yeah, um, and exactly. then like yeah. just its own release. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So, but I dig it overall. Very nice. Um, I picked for this one, you know, I think Jason was like in a new wave mood here for a minute because we have several new wave covers. Well, like two new wave covers during this project. This project feels probably the most new wavy he's been since everybody makes mistakes. So it's it's very 80s new wave. Um, at the initial time I was listening to this song, it didn't quite hit me, but this song has grown on me. And I can't decide if I like, you know, the demo version or the dial-in version better. I think this this version does hit that new wave strive a little bit better. Um, and here I'm going to go on my uh, little rant. I did a little bit of this on dial-in, but I do appreciate this song. At least as far as I can tell, we always talk about how Jason says so much with so few words. Um, but the lyrics, you know, seem to be talking about the plight of a kid who probably has ADHD or some form thereof and just trying to freaking concentrate. And, um, I think, you know, on a personal note, sometimes these kids, it's less a symptom of any disorder and more just a product of a society that doesn't want to give a crap about someone who's different. And um, I think that's one of the cool things about Jason Martin and really Ronnie, too. They're, both their lyrics tap into that outsider mentality of, I'm someone who is different and the world doesn't give a crap about me, so let's all sing together about it. So I, I really yeah. connect to these lyrics a lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think you're spot on with that assessment with lyrically because, I mean, rely on your medicines made to imitate for kids who were never bright, repeating all their grades. I mean... Yeah, that's just classic ADHD. A lot of kids are held back or fell because they just, yeah, they're, and even to this day, they're told they're, something's wrong with them. They're different. They're dumb, stupid in some extreme cases. And it's just, no, they're just different. And they, and so then they have to pretend they get medicated so they can imitate other kids, you know? Yeah, I think you're spot on with that. I think this is probably, as Jason Lyrics goes, probably the most one of the most clear songs he's ever written lyrically. <laughs> yeah, like actually, not a lot of not all of his lyrics have a lot, like a ton of sense sometimes. So this one like, is pretty straightforward, I think. Cryptic is the word we use here. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. <laughs> 
All right, right. Nathan, tell us about the B-side to this. Um, Pearl of Great Price, Daniel Brighton Remix. Um, all right, well, I like this tune. I like it on, I like it on my island. Um, I like this is kind of a fun little remix. I mean, it's a perfect B-side. I mean, it's like, you know, what else would you do with it? It probably got done. And, I mean, it's cool. It, I mean, I like it. I might like it a little bit better than the original, because I think the original just kind of gets lost on my island a little bit. It's not the greatest tune on that record. But, I don't know. Do we know who Daniel is? Do we know who Daniel Bryant is? I don't know who that is. I've never even looked him up, to be honest. But, <laughs> but uh, Sorry, I'll continue. <laughs> no, it's all right. I'm, obviously, you guys haven't either. <laughs> so, but, I don't know. I think it's fun. I don't know. It's not the greatest thing I've ever heard, but it's, you know, it's a good B-side, because I think the tune is decent. And much like much like Concentrate, I think it got lost on the original album that it was on a little bit. So I think including both of these on a single mean, means like, Hey, we like this song. Remember, here's a different version. <laughs> so, I don't know. I like. I, I dig it overall. I mean, it's definitely not my favorite thing on this whole thing. Um, it might actually it might actually be my second to least favorite on here. Okay, well, Aaron. So we've talked. Yeah. To, we've talked to Lee Nash about just one song. Now we got to track down Daniel Bright Brigham <laughs> and talk to him about one song. Sam, that's number two all right i'm gonna take this one now um first this is the first remix um on starfire album since ronnie did she's the queen uh did a remix on the she's the queen ep if i remember correctly i prefer the original um version of the song to this remix um but i do enjoy this like like nathan said you know it's not terrible i mean it's it's a remix so it's not like it's gonna be like I drive a lot or Purple Rain or anything. It's a remix. Um, I'm glad that this song exists, but it's 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 on the lower end of my favorite um, on this song. Um, the part where the drums um, take the lead at the at the um, at the end, it's like you know, it's a little drum beat and it kind of like the tempo um, picks up. I really like that. But with that said, this is my 18th favorite song out of the 20. Two stars. Oh, what do you think? I mean, we're, all the same, we're, we're in the same place with this one, Aaron. Second what's that? Least, second to least favorite. <laughs> uh, this is my third least favorite. So that's what I'm saying. We're close. So it's your second. It's my third least favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Cool. Yeah. What's, what's up, Sam? I mean, in the pantheon of Starfire remixes, this is no Joy Electric remix. So, sadly. Um, or, and it's also not a, um, what did he call those um, other ones? The Jazz Flyer, Lounge Flyer remixes. That's what we call them. I wish it was that. But yes. Yeah. I, I know. I, I need some Lounge Flyer. It's been a minute. Yeah. Um, been a hot minute. But honestly, this song was one of my favorites off of my island. Um, I really liked this song a lot. I'm unsure how I feel about this remix. Um, I think the song feels more menacing, if that sounds right. It just sounds, I don't know, like it has teeth. And that's just an odd thing to do for such a almost innocent song. <laughs> um, it's definitely more dramatic. It reminds me of, I, I'm a big fan of JHS um, 
guitar pedals and they sample random guitar pedals on their YouTube channel all the time. And there's this one made by like Italian guitar pedal makers that just made your guitar sound like a movie soundtrack. It was super dramatic sounding. And that's what this reminds me of. Um, and then especially you have this drop around 320, which is pretty great. And it just adds to the dramatic sound of it. But I don't know that I like it better. It just kind of exists. Yeah. It doesn't always mean better, though, too. Right. I, I, it's, it's just different to me. It's just... It, it doesn't... I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Does it need to exist? No. But is it fun to listen to sometimes? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't skip I it. mean... I'm waiting. I'm waiting on the full like Starflyer remix album. Like, I just want a full remix album. Give me like Lounge Flyer in it. Give me some Dance House Children remixes. Just go all in. The Samuel Bless Your Heart Dub remix. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. What we got next? Minor keys, right? Yeah, minor keys. Who wants to go first? Go for it, Aaron. Don't tell me what to do. I do what I want. No, I'll do it. Um, so minor keys. This is my thirteenth favorite song. Two and a half stars. Um, so yeah, better than that remix we just talked about. The course here is one of my um, favorite Jason vocal performances, though. Um, I love whatever's making that hand clap sound throughout the song. Um, it's probably I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's just an amazing effect, um, but it just sounds really good. Um, I again, it's it's a decent song. Like I mean, it's it's not in the upper echelon of you know, you know, too much fun or anything. But it's not terrible either. You know, it's just it's listenable. You know, thirteen overall, or twenty, good song. What um, you I think this song, especially this this demo version should have made the sad reverb union very happy. Um, it just has that, that sad indie rock sound to it. Um, and it, it comes complete with a great pop hook, which you sometimes you have to listen harder than in other songs, but then Martin boys are always know how to put a good pop hook on anything, just what they do. Um, and the course is great. I think the song, though, I appreciate the song more just as a whole. So no matter which version, dial-in version or demo version, this is just a good song that stands. Though, like you said, Aaron, it may not be my favorite of like any Starflyer song, but it's it's definitely a good pop, sad reverb song. So that's my thoughts on it. Nathan? All right. You guys don't love this song as much as I do, unfortunately, but... Um... The, uh, um, I think this is one of his better songs that he's ever written, as far as songwriting goes. I think it's it's catchy. The chorus lyrics are hilarious to me, like quoting Johnny Marr. You know what I mean? Even though Johnny Marr didn't write "Please, Please Get What I Want" lyrics, um, that was Morrissey, as far as I know. Um, so him using the Johnny Marr reference, um, I think is pretty hilarious. hilarious. And I agree, I that know. part does crack me I, up. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> John, 
Johnny Marr plays guitar. I don't think he wrote the lyrics because Morrissey probably wouldn't have let him write the lyrics. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, I just dig it because it's like Jason has an affinity of writing writing tunes in minor keys. So, I mean, it's like he's almost poking fun at himself, but then also being like, hey, Johnny Marr does this too, so why not? You know, and I'm a huge Smiths fan, so I'm going to show that off. And then I think it's just even more tongue-in-cheek to include the, the Smiths cover as a B-side, just being like, yeah, see, look, I really am a Smiths fan. You know, it's like, I dig it. He's like kind of laughing at himself, and I think that's good. But I, as far as songwriting goes, I, like, this is one I of the best. That's the best part. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you can't make fun of yourself in life, I mean, what's the damn point? But, the, you know, no, I, I mean, I don't, I like this version as a demo version. Like, I think it was Sam saying that. It's a great demo version. It rocks harder. And I agree with the sad reverb boys thinking this is probably way better than the, the one that made Dial M. Dial M is cleaner, but this is fun because it's just totally different than what they ended up putting on the record. So I think it's cool. So overall, I dig it. And the lyrics are good. And that hook is just stellar to me. So might be a top five Starflower song for me overall. So. Oh, bless your heart. That's the one for you. Five overall? Wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. I dig it. And you just, you just made me have a thought, Nathan. Mm-hmm. You said Johnny Marr just wrote the guitar licks. So I wonder if it's just one of those things. Maybe it was just more of a Smith's reference in general. But yeah. I kind of also wonder, you know, Jason, maybe he just doesn't care about the lyrics. I really get that feeling from, you know, reviewing most of his, his whole entire discography up to this point. Um, yeah. he, he just doesn't care about the lyrics. So he's like, I wish I could just write songs like Johnny Marr, just give good guitar licks, let someone else write the lyrics. Right. Well, he doesn't like being a front person. He makes fun of himself on my island being the song frontman because he doesn't like it. You know, he doesn't like being the guy who has to be the singer. You know, so it's like this that probably is exactly what you're saying. He's just like, Well, can't I just play guitar for Christ's sake? You know, it's like that kind of thing. And, and when you when you um said the thing, because I'm not I'm I, I'm not the Smiths obviously, but I'm I'm sure I've mentioned this before. I'm not a fan of Morrison Smith. It's just sad white boy stuff that I, I can't get behind. But um <laughs> so I didn't Oh, I didn't know the dynamic of that band, and so knowing that Johnny Marr just did the guitars, and that that that's when you said that, I thought that too, because yeah, clearly we know Jason hates touring, he hates being a front man, um, and he would just love to write the uh, guitar. It looks like you just said so. This song's taking on a different meaning for me now with with that information. Sorry, I don't know anything about the Smiths. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I got your back on that because I dig them both so. Um, where you lack, I'll make up for you, Aaron. And I and I love you for it, baby. Uh, oh, I know. <laughs> what we have next, please. All right, so Nathan, Go. as a Smiths fan, yes, please get, please, please, please. Uh, I will please, please, please give you what you want. Um, the um. It's a good cover, simple, it's just him and a guitar, basically, and I think um, I think he does it just fine. He can sing it. He's got the vocals for it. It works. Is it an exciting cover? Is it a new twist on an old thing? No, it's basically just him just playing the tune, 
And, you know, but I think it's also a response to what he did on the A side, which is just like, hey, I've always wanted to cover this tune, so probably I'm just going to cover it for the hell of it and just throw it on there because it's fun, you know? And also, I think it goes back to the compulsion track where most Star, a lot of Starflyer fans, you know, in the Christian market probably don't know the Smiths, so maybe he's trying to turn people on to something he digs. So I can get down with that idea, you know? I love how Jason's such a staunch Christian, but he is actively trying to encourage Christians to commit suicide by listening to the Smiths and Morrison. Cool. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, because Hazelwood is such a happy jam, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, though, Smiths, yeah. not, not the most uplifting music. Anyway, I I think this song is pretty good. Is it? And full disclosure, I... I see it's a Smith's cover, and as you can probably guess, I didn't look it up to listen to it. Um, so I don't know what the original sounds like, but um, I, we need more acoustic songs from Jason. This is a very beautiful song, and it's like, you can tell somebody's a really good guitarist by what they do with an acoustic guitar. Like, it's easy to, like, hide stuff and do, you know, feedback and do tricks with pedals and stuff. But hearing him, what he can do with an acoustic guitar just shows his, his songwriting ability, which we talked about and nauseam and just his craftsmanship you know and so yeah and sam you're mentioning how like you want to like a, some more jazz flyer and lounge fire i would love it acoustic um starfire album i think it'd be great his voice soars here um the electronic sound effects throughout are perfectly chosen um yeah three and a half stars my ninth favorite song on this album um it's over too soon i don't know if the original how long the original song is but if it's a minute 55 then i, I guess you should it is a short yeah it's a short tune yeah. okay all right so that's why it's so short but i wish it was longer jason's version anyway i'm sure the smith's one's not that good <laughs> what do you think sam uh, yeah, i'm gonna send you it i'm gonna start sending you smith's tunes dude i'm not gonna listen to them yeah i think smiths are okay like i am um, i enjoy them for some sad emo music every once in a while but I'm not like hardcore into them. I uh, can't. And like, I don't I'm emo. I'm like a casual Smash the Pumpkins fan because of my wife, but that's about as emo as I go. Oh, and Dear Ephesus, they were good. Dear Ephesus was a good emo band. <laughs> I, I saw, I've seen Morrissey five times. I never got to see the Smiths because I'm too too young for that. But um, Bless Their Heart Part Two, that's your second one. Mm-hmm. I know. How many before I get ejected from the podcast? You can't. It's you. You won't get ejected. Yeah. But congratulations on killing yourself after four Morrissey concerts. That's not amazing. <laughs> Trust me, it was close after the fifth. Um. <laughs> so Nathan, I agree with you on this one. I can't say Jason does anything transform in this tomb whatsoever. Yeah. Um, it's still a really good song. I think you know the Smiths are n- known for writing good pop songs. And that that's what this song is. It's a it's just a good song. And um, I'm always happy to hear some acoustic guitar work from Martin. Makes me really happy. Um, I would also accept a full on acoustic album slash acoustic tour um, from Jason. That'd be amazing. Um, I still want to see the Tiny Desk concert where it's just him and his acoustic guitar. Make that happen. <laughs> uh, I'm streaming for that. <laughs> 
<laughs> like he wouldn't even have to leave his house. He could just do a tiny desk know. home concert. <laughs> exactly. That'd be the best kind of, that'd be the best concert for him ever. He wouldn't have to leave his house to do it. No no stages, no audiences, just Right? I just I, I want this to happen. Could, we got a Pedro the Lion Kenny Dance concert. We we need Starflyer. He can have his son on drums. He's there in the house anyway. Like literally, you just gotta hook up a camera. Yep. <laughs> some speakers. Yep. You, you yeah. can do that. You can do this shit on an iPhone, Jason. Come on, man. If you listen to this stuff, <laughs> I no, doubt Jason listens to this. He absolutely does. I'm, I'm, gonna tell, I'm gonna tell him that he needs to do that. <laughs> Please, we've asked Ronnie to do it, and uh, it still hasn't happened. So, uh, hopefully, saying, yeah. I Ronnie love NPR Tiny Desk concerts. Jason, yeah, let's do next. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna uh, move on to the next song because, yeah, that I didn't have much to say about that one other than it's a good song. I enjoy some acoustic. All right, so next is easy. It's not easy getting Jason on here. Um, <laughs> you want to take it first, Sam? Sure. Um, after the soft sadness of the past couple previous songs, um, it's nice to have a straight up rocker here. Um, I'm vibing with this song, even though lyrical understanding is not coming to me easy. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think uh, it's something that made more sense in the context of Dial M, you know, the creative process. It doesn't come easy. Being a rock star sucks. He hates being a front man. You know, the, the standard Starflyer 59 lyrics um, that we get every two or three songs. So I just, I I don't have much to say about this one other than, you know, it's, it's a fun rocker. And it's great to hear uh, Jason complaining about being a front man again. Woo. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Um, so who said it's easy slash easy, whatever you want to call this. My 10th favorite song overall, so halfway point for this collection, three stars. The tone in the opening guitar intro is Sonic Candy. I love it. That's a great intro. The bass line by Steven in the song, um, it just makes me just dance every time. Like, it's such a groove. There's um, some drum programming during the guitar solo in the middle part of the song, um, and that might be my favorite part of the song. But yeah, I mean, this is this is a bop, you know. Like I, I groove to this, and I vibe out with the song a lot. And I'm with you with the lyrics. I think it's what you're saying too, Sam. It's about being a frontman and having the right music. <laughs> what do you think, um, Nathan? Yeah, I'm gonna go with you. Except I don't like the song as much as you guys do. In fact, I think it's my least favorite in all of this stuff here. Um, That's bless your heart number three. I know. <laughs> I know, man. I know. Now, I don't like it on Dial M. I don't like it here that much. I think, lyrically, I think you guys are absolutely spot on. I think it, it's basically more, a little bit more of his self-deprecation, kind of like, I don't like doing this, being a front person. But, you know, it's like, but I got to do it because nobody else is doing it. And this is my band, so, and it's basically just me and whoever I feel like playing with. So, you know, I have to do it. But, you know. I don't know. I just, I think it gets lost in here, and I think it gets lost in Dial M too. At least just for me, because I just don't really enjoy the tune that much. I don't think it's one of his flashier, more exciting moments in his songwriting career. Um, and I think of when I 
in the context of getting those seven inches in the mail, like Aaron, you were talking about, um, this one kind of want to bum me out a little bit because I was just like, eh. <laughs> but it's not bad. No Starflyer is bad. We all know that. But, you know, I don't know. It doesn't There's do one it. bad. There's one bad one. We'll get to it later. And Lies. It's one bad one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I guess I'll go. Um, yeah. So let's just go ahead and jump right into the next song. Um, spooky. Spooky. Um, I wish this one would have appeared on Dial M because it sounds like the the lost instrumental to a uh, opening credits for an Alfred Hitchcock Hitchcock film. That's what it sounds like. Um, this should have been just like the opener on Dial M to like set the tone. With all that said, I love Starflyer instrumentals. I would take a whole entire instrumental album from him. Um, this song is just awesome and probably my favorite on this front end of these t- first 10 songs. I would not go with that for me. Well, please, tell us what you think, Nathan. Expound upon that thought. (laughs) Yeah, I want to hear more. Yeah. You want me to go? Yeah, Yeah. go for it. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not a fan of his instrumental stuff so much, to be honest with you. I think half of Starflyer is about him singing. And whether he likes it or not, too bad, you're the singer. You know, it's like... you know, I get it. It's a B-side again. This is another B-side. So he's just doing something different, and he's trying something different. And I can appreciate that for what it is. So, it's, so you don't like Traffic Jam on um, Fell in Love at 22? You don't like that song? Oh, dude, that's different. That's a different story. I'm just okay. saying. All right. We're not talking about that song. We're talking about this song. Um, so, like, to me, it's like, I don't know. I mean, this it just feels like they're just screwing around in the studio. They were hit record, and and they're like, yeah, you know what? That's kind of fun. Let's throw it on as the B side, you know. And like, why wouldn't you? Because it's fine, you know. There's nothing wrong with it by any stretch. It just doesn't do a whole lot for me. Just like the A side, this would have been my least favorite thing to get in the mail of all of these. Well, you said you didn't like the Starfire instrumentals. That's why I asked about Traffic Jam. All right. No, just, Traffic just, Jam. Traffic Jam's different, you know, it's just like, that, that That rocks harder, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's just got more of a, it's got more longevity to it, you know, it's worth it. I think, I think, um, Sam, I agree, I, I definitely wish, of all, there's another song, two other songs that we'll get to later, but of this one is, is one of three songs that I wish was on dial-in that I think would have elevated it. I mean, it's, and it's only like, like like nine songs and then on the revival there's an b-side for 10 i mean extra for 10 right this 10 songs could have it's a short album you could have put easily put three more songs up there and i think this would have been not the opener song but the the first song on the b-side of darling i think would have been perfect um because it has a very yeah it's called spooky it has a very halloweeny um new wavy dark emo sound that he went for on dial M. And I think this song in like just like um automatic um very much cat um encapsulate encapsulates the whole vibe and vision of this album. So I wish it would have been up there. Um 
I would love to see an Avalanches um, or someone like that remix this Avalanches or Apex Twin or something like that. Um, this, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm with you, Sam. This song sounds like um, the credits to a movie or like not even the credits. It's something like it should be in a movie that takes place in the future or some Batman or something gothic or dark. Um, um, yeah, but although this has like a bleak sound, like it's, it's not like a bad it's like it just sounds dark but it's like a song it sounds like when i listen to it it's like hopeful it's like yeah things are bad but it's going to get better you know and and that's what i get from this um yeah this is my 11th favorite song overall um three stars um i don't know the song really appeals to me like yeah i listened to this on um, repeat um wish that was this one was longer too as well so yeah that's all i gotta say about that <laughs> All right, Nathan, why don't you go wrap us up? I'm just kind of combine tracks nine and ten since they're both the same song, just different variations of uh, Mr. Martin, Aaron's favorite song off of Dial M. Is it really? Wow. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> He's joking. It's not. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, just like, just like, uh, just like my my island is Aaron's favorite album too. Um, the um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he gave it an eight out of ten. So, did I? Or an, a seven out of nine? I think. Yeah, I gave it like an seven. eight out of nine. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. It was like a seven. I, 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 I hate it. I, I like the tune as like a single, like this. You know, like I'm trying to think of this stuff as the way you would get it in the mail. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I mean, it's not in the track order that he actually did this record as. So it's like, you know, as Dial M came out, so. Even though that's another story, I feel like that record is a little disjointed in its track layout. But um, th- I mean, this is a single. It's a great tune. I don't know which one I like better. I think base. I think the album version is the acoustic version of this. Am I right on that, or am I wrong on that? I think uh, you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, the acoustic yeah, version yes. is the album. I think that's a, yeah. this is exactly the version he put on the record. So yeah. Um, so, I mean, it sounds identical to me. I can't tell the difference. So, but I mean, I like the full band version. I think it's cool. I think it's it's got a little more of an edge to it. I think if he put this version on the record, it might have made a little more sense because to me, it's like every other track has every other track has like basically a full band vibe going, and then. Hey, here we go. We're just gonna drop all this stuff out and just have it just be me and a guitar. It just feels weird. I don't think it's as good as Stairway to Heaven, so I don't know if you can pull that one off. But you know, it's like high school dance ending kind of thing. You know, are you guys too young for that shit? I don't know. Um, Heaven is not a good song. Don't even bring that up. I'm not. I'm saying if you're gonna close out your high school or your junior high dance. It might not be with the acoustic version of Mr. Martin, is what I'm saying. Gotcha. I'm just, um, the, um, but I mean, I like the tune. I like the sentiment in it. It's sad. I'm assuming it's about his dad. Am I correct? I'm not thinking that. Um, um, the, um, I think it's a good jam. I think it's a good ending track to Dial M. I think it's a good placement on here. Um, as far as the way they release these singles. Um, 
personally, I just would have put the full band version on the dial-in. But hey, you know what? That's what I think. But I think overall, it's a good tune. So okay, all right, I'll take it next if that's cool with you, Sam. Go for it. All right. So um, the so the 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 night um the full band version is my 17th favorite song overall of the 20 songs because um, <laughs> you know like sam said it's my favorite song down on number 17 on here <laughs> i call this <laughs> z flyer guitar intro um and i think this song is about jason i don't think it's about his dad I, because the same year the year before I, richard swift had a song called mr swift on his dressed up for letdown album i think it was or something uh, else I, that might be right. you think this is a reaction to that i think it is and uh, so I, I said rip it off i don't think he ripped it off i think it was more like an homage or like oh that's a great idea so you yeah. know he I, who's not a richard swift fan so i'm sure jason was so he was like let me do my version of that um i did the vocal effect on this um um this is you know this song is Jason 101, <laughs> you know, just about him, just how everything's terrible and nothing's good, how he needs to oh, be better. Yeah. You know, it's just a classic lyrical Starfire song. Um, I'm glad this one, I, I disagree with you, Nathan. I'm glad this one's not on dial in because I prefer the next song, the acoustic version of the song. Um, it's my 16th favorite song on this collection, so slightly better um, than the last song, um, than the full band. Also, two stars. Um, the chirping sound loops add to the melancholy of the song, which I think makes it a little bit better. Um, mm. Uh, maybe one day we'll get a Jason Martin acoustic album like me and Sam want. And if so, I'd love them to do an updated 2023, we'll say, version of this song. Because I think he's, this is, like you said, there's a lot of demos. I think now, with everything that's happened in his life, things, I think if he did another, if he did a version of the song, I think it would be even more melancholy and dark and better. Um, but like we mentioned earlier, I forgot what song we're talking about. I might have think it was Compulsion, where I think it was you, Sam, that mentioned that you the quote about something um, real art is when you can't take anything else away. Yeah. And, yeah. And so this song is a masterclass of less is more, because although I'm rating it low, he could have made this song a lot worse. But he didn't because he restrained himself. It just made it very simple. So and he does that a lot. Like he can. Jason has a good, I think he has a good ear when he wants to do something very simple and when he knows he needs to add some hand claps, some shakers, some whatever. Um, so, I, so yeah. So, yeah. That's all I got to say about this out, this song as well. What do you think, whoever's next? All right. Um, so, I think this song works better in the context of Dial M. For Dial M, it's actually the perfect closer, and I was kind of mad that magic was tacked on. Um <laughs> Uh, magic, I, magic is yeah. a thought, man. That's just a B side they stuck on the vinyl version. That's it. I know, and I used to not listen to it. I like it, but I don't know. Magic is growing on me, man. That's such an amazing song. I mean, I, I like it, Magic. It's a great song. It has no place on that record, though. No, I'm coming 180. I'm like, I'm making a 180 on Magic. I used to hate that song for years. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I love Mr. Martin as a closer to that album. Standing alone as like an isolated piece, it's okay. Um, I the full band version is interesting to hear that big swing guitar line, um, pointing out how the rock star thing just isn't working out. It kind of carries on the vibe that we got in Spooky. 
I really wonder if like this song wasn't originally just kind of like they were jamming on Spooky and then kind of or they were writing this song and then Spooky just kind of came out of a jam session from it. No, he had Richard Sliss version of the song. It's like, I got to do that, too. <laughs> um, yeah. Either way, I far prefer the acoustic version. It is the superior version of this song. Um, you know, if he ever does his NPR Tiny Desk concert, he should, you know, open with this one, I think, would be a good choice. Yeah, and for the record, Richard Swift's version, Mr. Swift is better than this version. Either one. Just, just the same. I mean, maybe it was just a song he wrote that just coincidentally happened to have a similar idea to Richard Swift. Probably, yeah, because it's not like they like hung out and talked about stuff. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just stuff. giving the, the benefit of the doubt here. Aaron. <laughs> benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's a. I, I, I don't disagree that it's a good ending place to put it on the end of the record, but, um, but it is. I will agree that it is classic sad bastard Jason Martin stuff. That's for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's our first 10 songs on Ghosts of the Past. Join us next time as we uh, explore the next 10 songs. 11 through 20. Um, and then do an overall recap of the whole album. So, But, Nathan, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. No, thank you guys for having me, man. It was really fun. You have anything yeah. to plug? Uh, uh, the Burn in Paris, are y'all... Are all your shows done, or y'all still have some? Yeah, no, we got we have a few more at the end of June, and we're making a record in July. Talk uh, about it, man. Get, come on, tell us about it. Uh, yeah, we um, we haven't been a band for 19 years, and we just started up again. Did the Starflyer cover kind of secretly, and then we just did a couple shows. Um, Played a bunch of new stuff. We're basically done writing the record. We have to go. We're recording it in July here in the Boston area. And then, um, yeah, I don't know where it's coming out, but it will come out um, based on vinyl manufacturing times. You might see it by 2025. Um, <laughs> uh, if you're lucky, um, we probably won't even be a band at that point. Um, um, will have retired or one of us will have died from a heart attack because we're old. Um, but uh, yeah, your anyway. first heart attack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got it. You got it, Sim. You figured it out, man. We're all, uh, we're all yeah. old. <laughs> no, but uh, no, it'll be it'll be out sometime next year, and then um, and then there'll just be a lot more shows. So I don't know. We're excited. We can keep we can keep doing this stuff. So you have a website. Uh, we're on Facebook. We haven't built a website yet because Bandcamp. Really, yeah, there's Bandcamp. Uh, I could not tell you what the name of that is, but if you search for it, the Burning Paris Bandcamp, you'll find it. Um, the uh, Bandcamp. It's all over Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff too. You can find the old stuff. The new stuff will be out next year sometime. I'm assuming. And yeah. All right, Nathan. Well, thanks again for joining. We really appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening. Um, it's a labor of love. We're doing our best. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you, um, everyone, for listening. As Aaron said, this is a, a no-budget podcast. We just do this because we love music. We love this band. So we appreciate everyone putting up with us, listening to us. And we hope you guys stick around for the ride. Yeah, we're recording this on June 7th, 2022.
Princess would have been Princess 63rd birthday. Bye, guys. Bye. And as always, this has been a Brothers King Media production.